0: Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us. Welcome, welcome to World Build With Us, episode 200. Y'all thought we'd be dead by now, but no, we made it all the way to episode 200. That's absolutely right. You should know me by now. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. Oh, boy. We we did it, y'all. This is where we start getting the big uh, venture capitalist money. This is where people Mm -hmm. start giving us millions of dollars for each episode. We're going to start talking to Jordan B. Peterson. (laughs) We're going to start. This is where we completely (laughs) sell out. (laughs) Wait, when do we go on InfoWars? Yeah, we're going to be on InfoWars. Look out for us there. We're going to be getting exclusive Spotify deals. And we're going to start doing video recordings of our faces in a studio. (laughs) That's right. Get ready. Naked. Yeah. (laughs) Daniel will be naked. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Do
1: subscribe to my OnlyFans.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Look, hey, you were talking about looking for a patron to uh, support you in your role playing game. Daniel, it's called OnlyFans. That's how the people do it nowadays. You have your avenue. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, on today's episode, we are celebrating 200 episodes of World Build with us by celebrating with you, the listeners, the patrons, especially. So a bit of a weird episode today, admittedly. Daniel and I uh, have no idea what's going on. But Courtney has 10 tenets supplied to us by our patrons, by our listeners, our beloved patrons. Some of them been around for ages, uh, literally the beginning in some cases, right? But they've supplied us with tenants, and we're going to be doing a world-building jam, two of them, in fact based around the tenets that we've been supplied and oh boy i'm excited y'all uh today's a celebration it's different so if if this is your first episode welcome i'm sorry for the energy that we've got going on already <laughs> except i'm not because man it's fun it's it, go back and listen to some other stuff maybe come back either way we're happy to have you thank you so much for joining us Otherwise, strap in and enjoy the ride, right? Let's go. Before we get into that, normally what we would be doing is uh, listeners submit their prompts and then we build a world based around the prompts that we are given. Now, if that sounds cool, you want to go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow the instructions, and with a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. We're on Twitter, at Let's World Build, soon to be exclusive on Spotify. That's a lie. That's a joke. Don't worry about it. Uh, Of course, if you want to come join our Discord and chat with us, and uh, if you want to pick the brain of Jordan P. Peterson, let us know. That's fine, too. Realistically, it's where you'll come to chat with us about all sorts of world-building stuff, all that good stuff. You know how it is. And then, of course, if you are extremely generous, like our patrons, or if you just feel like you want to give us a tip, or if you want sweet, sweet patron-exclusive goodies like, oh, I don't know, patron only discord and patron only episodes go to go to our patreon give us give us money and then you get stuff back or not it no worries either way uh and before we get into the episode proper we have for episode 200 of course we have another announcement we will be launching our podcast onto this is serious by the way the the spotify stuff the jordan b peterson stuff not serious this announcement is actually genuinely serious We will be uploading our podcasts onto YouTube for easier consumption. And so we can finally ask people to smash the like button and subscribe the thing that we have been trying to avoid since day one. But no, it is in fact happening. So our YouTube channel should be out by the time this episode goes live. If you hear this, uh, go ahead and swing on by, give it a listen, give it a subscribe, all that stuff, if you like or not. Uh, no sweat either way like i said this is a low stakes podcast here anyway enough of the shilling let's get it down to it courtney you are our game mistress today so you're gonna roll the dice what's the first tenant who's it from and let's see what we got going on what are we starting with
2: so our first tenant uh comes from our patron commissar whiskers
0: ah, who says long time
2: Very long time, yes. Uh, Who says that the worlds are aligning, allowing an extremely rare mass migration?
0: A a mass migration. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm immediately thinking that the migration is between worlds themselves. That's where my brain kind of goes, where it's like somehow the planets are close enough where you're literally able to jump from one planet to the other. Not literally jump, but like (laughs) effectively, like really close. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, dangerously close even right uh but that's where my brain goes but uh i don't know what do y'all think
2: yeah i do like that i mean another way to take it which i don't necessarily want to go in this direction but as a alternative is like the worlds are aligning on different planes of existence and there are somehow like portals Uh. opening up or something like that
0: Sure. So like you see like a giant gate and it's like clicking open. That's kind of cool too. Okay. You know, what? we'll we'll keep our options open as mm-hmm. we roll into a second tenet, I suppose, and figure out where we can go from there unless Daniel wants to throw in a third wrench to this situation.
1: <laughs> uh, what I what I find appealing about that is um uh, what could have been preventing migration between them? And so I wonder if perhaps there was some sort of danger in the the space between now that they're aligned that danger's gone. Mhm. Interesting.
0: Okay, so what you're suggesting is that the alignment prevents a danger that was previously there, correct?
1: Yeah, like there, whatever gap was between these worlds made it impossible to migrate. Sure.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, so hit us with your second tenet, Courtney. Give us the role and tell us who it's by and where it's from.
2: Uh, this one comes from Patron Gluax, another very long time patron.
0: Gluax is the OG. We literally would not have a Patreon without Gluax. So they're like, hey, you have a Patreon? I'd like to give you money. And like, we should have a Patreon, I think. <laughs> and then so a big thank you to uh to Gluax for that. A big ol' thank you for that one. The the literal OG patron.
2: Yes. Uh, so their tenant is that life's key resource is not a liquid. So how living things in our world depend on water, a liquid. Mm -hmm. That is not the case here.
0: Okay. Is it cheating if I say it's a gas?
1: If it ends up being a liquid, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it! What, What gas did
2: you have in mind?
1: Some kind of a liquid. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes, Steve. (laughs) My my thought is, um, you know, life forms that are not carbon based. So perhaps like a silicon based life form Mm. that doesn't rely on water. So it's some other kind of uh, life that lives on these planets.
0: Yeah, that's certainly more in your realm, Daniel. That's that's I I literally could not begin to fat like one. I don't know scientifically how that would function. And two, I'm not sure if I care enough to do the research to figure that out. <laughs> oh, maybe
2: maybe that's why um, it was dangerous to travel between worlds oh. previously. Like, there was something about the way that either outer space or these uh, gates between planes or whatever we end up going with that, mm-hmm. like, that resource wasn't active in that case. But when they're mm. all aligned, something triggers. And that's why these things are able to, like, move between worlds because they okay. can actually survive. Doing that passage,
0: okay? Can we take a page out of the brilliant movie by M. Night Shyamalan Signs and have these creatures be aquaphobic? And the thing mm. that was in the way is in fact a liquid of some kind or a water uh, of some kind.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the maybe the if this is a weird kind of space, the space itself is liquid, and these worlds mm. are not mm. inside.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, that's super cool because that implies mm. like. If we're looking at this, like, from an alignment perspective, I'm just imagining Mm -hmm. that something happens where, like, the waters recede to, like, this swirling vortex around this space. Mm -hmm. And it's like, finally, we're Mm -hmm. free. We can move about freely. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's really cool. How long does this event last, by the way?
1: I wonder if... um... if the space of the story is about migration could it be that the story itself takes place when the alignment happens but there's an uncertainty Mm -hmm. as to when it ends Uh, so oh yeah like this
2: is the first time it's actually happened in recorded history yeah
1: and so it's like Mm -hmm. sure the story could be like several years long or whatever but the story is when the the alignment is you know
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah no i'm cool with that that sounds dope yeah yeah agreed 100 percent uh, I think it's time we can roll into a new tenant, Courtney. Is okay. that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you get us going with that next tenant?
2: Uh, so this one comes from uh, Kaiser, our patron Kaiser, and shout out Kaiser. Th- yes, uh, this tenant is that there are demons in the plumbing.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that I mean, yeah. Okay, first of all, from Kaiser, that's a very interesting one, I think, because Kaiser, Kaiser stuff is always, like, so grounded in, like, very serious things, and then now it's like, nah, fuck it, there's, like, shit demons, I guess. Okay, when we say plumbing, right, because these things are aquaphobic, can it be, like, it's not just the water, there's also, like, malevolent water spirits within the water itself that also prevent travel?
1: I I take it as metaphorical. So it seems like in either in the waters or maybe whatever remnants of the waters having receded, Mm. there's something problematic. Right.
2: Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to vote for literal demons. (laughs) Actual demons. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm okay with like literal water demons. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. What
1: about, um, to split the difference. What about deep space nine demons? So, um. What the tar things that kill that lady? No, I said Deep Space
2: Nine.
1: So, <laughs> um, Daniel, you know I haven't uh,
0: seen Star Wars. What are you talking Star- about? <laughs> For a Star Trek fan, <laughs>
1: Deep Space Nine is the one Star Trek series that did a fantastic job merging religion with science fiction in a realistic way. And so there's these demons called the Paw Wraiths, and they depicted them as both demons they are magical and aliens. So I think that would be cool if they're perceived as demons and they operate as demons as far as we're concerned. But since it seems to be in a more space setting, too, they're also Mm. technically aliens.
0: Okay, you just you just spent a whole lot of words telling me that the demons are demons. But yes, I'm okay with this. (laughs) What
2: did they they do? (laughs) Yeah, what what
0: differentiates them between like aliens, I suppose? Like how are they magical?
1: So in like, um, in this is me remembering, there's this wormhole that opens up and it's like a novel event, at least in, in the Star Trek universe, because it connects two parts of space they can't reach. Mm-hmm. And inside the wormhole, there are these aliens that live outside of time, but their counterparts are these paraths, which are basically the evil versions of those. And mm-hmm. so the captain's interactions with them are mystical and kind of religious and divine. And there's a culture nearby that worships them. So you're never really sure if they're actually just aliens or if they have some kind of divine essence to them. Mm-hmm. And the, the yeah. power is the same and they kind of couldn't possess people. So it's kind of cool to see this mm-hmm. treatment of something that's technically an alien, but it was done in a very reverent mm-hmm. sort of religious way.
0: So okay. are they explicitly evil or are they, do they have their own will? Or like, what are, you, what are we looking at here
1: exactly? In Deep Space Nine or in this? In Deep Space Nine. Um, I mean, they're opposed to what's going on. I wouldn't say they're, and I wouldn't say anything is. It's, it's fundamental. Wouldn't say anything is fundamentally evil in, in Star Trek, but um, okay. they're not. Not they're not good. <laughs> they're they're not good. Okay, <laughs> can can not a, they're right, not your but friends,
0: right? can you give an example of like how they express like
1: evil or their um, like
2: being not good? I
1: mean, I remember. It, so the there's aliens in the show that are basically like Nazis, the Cardassians, and. Mm-hmm they end up aligned with them because they possess like their leader at the end. and I so it's like, They're mm-hmm. there. They seem to be more like, and I'm trying to remember vaguely. I've watched this like a long time ago. They kind of like are opportunistic as far as I can remember. I see. Okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can toss in some possession here. Uh, yeah. So literal mm-hmm. demons, metaphorical plumbing, right. We'll split the mm-hmm. difference there.
2: Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Maybe that's like, Part of the danger in going into the water, even if they had like a a craft or something like these demons could possess them and get access to their civilization. I
1: also like the idea of like this whole thing being presented in a very mystical, religious way. But when you like oh, take yeah. that back and look at the text, you're like, "Oh, this is a sci-fi book." You know that would be kind yeah. Of cool.
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's called like The Crossing, so it can be like uh-huh. mystical and like oh, it's like a literal. You know, like all that stuff that yeah, that yeah. mixed metaphor nonsense. Okay, yeah, I'm <laughs> down with this. Uh, all right, so what is? I, I suppose we keep it rolling. What's the next tenet that we can move on? To? Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, another one from Kaiser, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) The setting is based on a possessed warship. On
0: a possessed warship? Warship, yep. Okay, okay. So, obviously, uh, to me anyway, this suggests that the voyage is being done by a warship and it's being possessed as it goes through. Actually, what what do you all think? I'll, I'll stop there. But, like, the journey itself, the crossing itself, is on a warship of some kind. That was my thought too. Yeah. yeah.
2: And like the demons are encroaching. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: So we've got like suddenly we have a very claustrophobic uh, mm-hmm. setting where it's like, oh no, it's like Das Boot, but you know, with water demons, I suppose. And also with <laughs> sci fi. Okay. Yeah. Cause, cause warship suggests like, okay, it's a spaceship, right? That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely like a, but warship also suggests perhaps, um, This migration is happening and there might be an opportunity for some factions to overcome some other, Mm, you know? Yeah. True, 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 true. Maybe they've been waiting to take ground, you know?
0: Oh, can you imagine? I mean, I know that we had it in our heads that like, or someone suggested that this is the first crossing, but can you imagine a war that has to be put on hold and mm. the grudges that maintain yeah. like and they're like all right the, the the portals finally open up we can finally re-engage with the enemy mm. 25 years later or something yeah. like in like where, where you're so pissed about it you know it could
2: be like a Going back to like the mystical religious thing, it could have happened like hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. And it's just been like written down in a holy text that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this ongoing war. And as soon as the Ah. the gates open, we need to continue our our holy war against this other culture, even though they haven't had any exposure to them for however many years. So the last crossing was
0: the last crossing was so long ago that like history basically forgot that it existed. Is that what you're suggesting here? And so it's oh, that, been, it's, that
2: it's that is presented in such like a mystical way, like there's nothing concrete about the yeah. G- the time. It's just it's like reading um, Genesis, like mm-hmm. the book of Genesis, and how mm-hmm. things are people are living for like 900 years. There's no sense of like scale, uh, really, time-wise.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that. Okay. It's, it's, it seems like an endless holy geod, like it's kind of mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like there's a there's a continual war between whatever these cultures are in this floating like sea. And mm. when there's an opportunity to cross the sea, that's when you continue the war.
0: Oh, and those demons suddenly become a little bit less physical or a little bit less literal when it's like if we have a jihad here, if we have a crusade mm. here, then it's like the demons are, in fact, just the other culture who live. Oh, it's yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like they're they're living in the water. It's like, oh, the water is evil to us. You know, like that's the easy thing if we wanted to do it that way. But I find that somewhat distasteful for some reason.
1: i like the notion that you know if the story was zeroed in the story to take place during migration it sounds like we can zero in further to be on this warship that's been launched because of the migration and it also seems to be the case that during the crossing someone or some class of people are possessed by the demons and so their their maybe their motivations are altered like i imagine the culture has a goal of of taking extra ground between worlds right from the other culture because the war is on but Maybe the demons have their own intentions, you know? And so they're like the Paw Wraiths, they've taken some um, some bodies to also fuck up that mm. whole situation for their own mm. goals.
0: Yeah. Oh so God. there might be like a third party involved here, in, and like right. the demons might be that third party, is what you're mm-hmm. suggesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That sounds cool. Very. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right. So so let's get, I think we're on our last tenet. Is that correct, yeah. Courtney? Yeah. Number so hit us with the last ten, and then we can kind of recap and then reconvene.
2: Uh, this is another one from Gluax,
0: and mm. that is
2: all fluids are non-Newtonian fluids. What the fuck? Did,
0: gluax? <laughs> what does that Daniel? What does that mean? You're our chief oh. science officer here. What, is the, what the does that mean? So,
1: Newtonian physics would seem to suggest old physics. Let me just double check. Um, as opposed to like so classical physics as opposed to like quantum mechanics well let me just you know i'm not a physicist so let me just google this real quick what is newtonian you, versus you, quantum it's okay so i'm right i'm right about that newtonian physics were three-dimensional with height and depth energy comes in tiny lumps and quantum physics is about the physics of the really tiny
2: so so non-newtonian fluids are fluids that don't follow newton's law of viscosity so basically variable viscosity dependent on stress gluax you did not give us a tenant <laughs> you gave us homework <laughs>
1: this is, that's, that is this interesting <laughs> thing, huh? let's see what it is it might, it might apply to our liquid space if we take let me look at this non newtonian fluid um viscosity can change their force either oh to be more liquid or more solid so okay so we could we could play with this we could say mm-hmm. and i'm not going to read the rest of this wiki article because it's for physicists <laughs> but <laughs> maybe maybe this is the composition of the space that we're in they think again i can make a star trek reference think of uh fluidic space with the um figure what they're called they're they're an alien that has a that they're worse than the borg and they have a number designation they're like the worst most powerful alien species in all of star trek so maybe the spa- the liquid space Oh you're that we're talking in. about
0: the floomphs, right?
1: <laughs> that would be D&D. But, but similar No no
0: no, no that, that's that's flumph. no, we're oh, talking flump. about the, what's floomphs? The floomphs. Yeah, the floomphs. They're they're, for, they're they're the evil race that you're talking about. I'm 100% sure about that. Mm-hmm.
1: It's Star I'm Trek. I'm also 100% <laughs>
0: fucking with you, Daniel. <laughs> the a, anyway,
1: the <laughs> these the aliens in in this in the in Star Trek that are in this fluidic space, like they're able to travel insane distances because they use it. It's like a special kind of space. It's not like ours, um, and they're worse than the Borg, and they're like they're viciously powerful. So I'm wondering, maybe like the space, the reason why you can't travel through it, and it, we call it like water or fluidic, is because it's mm. a diff, it's a non-Newtonian kind of space or something like that. Because it says like changing from more liquid or solid, depending on the force involved, like Mm -hmm. maybe um, the the presence of ships is what fucks it up. So it has to be, Mm -hmm. you can't really travel through it because, you know, when you turn your engines on, it fucks up the space. So maybe when it recedes, that's when you can travel through it.
0: I'm just thinking of like Pharaoh fluid for some reason, you know, but like that in space, like that's basically where my brain goes to visually, visually.
1: Although as I read more about this, it seems like regular, the is just like regular fluids like ketchup is one <laughs> so, <laughs> all right so so space is ketchup
2: or uh oubleque. Ooh, uh, oubleck okay yeah because that's the one where like if you apply force to it it like doesn't uh give in right mm-hmm. is that it
0: oubleck is the paper mache glue mixture that i made in elementary school or it's coordinate. the, the cornstarch
2: <laughs> water stuff i
1: mean we can take this in the spirit of the thing, right? So if we're taking it in the spirit sure. of ketchup, ketchup, is as in the Wiki article, the next the next sentence, right, in that Wiki article that you looked up, Courtney, <laughs> it says ketchup, for example, becomes runnier when shaken and is thus a non-Newtonian fluid, right? So the, mm. the essence of this is that when you do stuff to the liquid, it takes a different shape, right? Okay. than is expected if you shake water it's the same damn thing right but that's not the case for ketchup that's what we're saying right mm-hmm. so so perhaps all of space in the setting what is ketchup like that.
0: are you eating when <laughs> i squeeze the bottle the ketchup comes out in a line
2: i what do you well it if you not shake it, it like yeah solidifies. yeah yeah or it like separates
1: right it's yeah exactly so so the idea here is that perhaps their space you know if it's not interacted with it, it's fluidity. It's fluid, but if it's interacted with, it becomes more solid, and you can't pass through it. That's their whole problem. Okay, okay,
0: that I can jive mm-hmm. with. Okay, that I'm down with. So we've got we've got the crossing. We've got okay. So does this battleship? Does it? Um, is it able to navigate non-Newtonian liquid, or is it a matter of like, hey, this is just a battleship that is able to traverse worlds?
1: I mean, I think once the liquids receded, it can travel.
0: Right. So it's not piercing the fluid. It's just like traveling in its absence with this new, uh, like, alignment, correct?
2: Or maybe it's like, since it's trying to be um, maybe sneaky in its attack, going towards this other civilization, it's going too close to the outskirts of what's safe oh, and that's yeah. why it's getting possessed
1: gotcha too. yes okay okay, okay it's okay, a stealth yeah. ship so it's like yeah. maybe they're trying to get ahead of the, the crossing so they launched it early yeah. just as the waters are parting and they're drifting in it you know
0: yeah and right as, as the front of the ship is like kind of just mm-hmm. barely grazing that liquid like it starts to be mm-hmm. more and more corrupt as yeah. it goes on or yeah. something like that yeah. sure
1: okay that's brilliant that's brilliant now,
0: now I'm realizing one thing we have not answered right Glue Axe's tenant, life's key resource is not a liquid. We have not answered what mm. life's key resource is.
1: Well, I mean, that's also presented in a very um, broad way, you know. Right. Like, the, the key resource of life doesn't necessarily mean water. You know, like, you could make the same argument with light. And air. And sure. air, right. Mm.
0: Okay, So so let's not try and do a cop-out. Let's just do something wacky then, I suppose, like, fucking gummy bears or some shit like that obviously something better than gummy bears but like what is the thing that we can like quickly like say like life's key resource is not liquid it is Mm -hmm. this is why i said gas the first time gas is just easy right
2: (laughs) I, i do like the idea of light and i wonder if there's something that we can do in that direction like even if we don't go with light
0: can we can we do something that's not like the light we're used to can we do like a cold light or something like that
1: well, OK, so hold on to that light or okay. energy, right? Hold, but on. What, hold on to that. Questions I would ask to help us think is, you know, you've got these worlds surrounded by this solidified space that occasionally recedes. What are these worlds running out of individually that they need? It could be light. It, it could be in darkness while it's, you know, surrounded. Know. Or like Ooh, some sort of cool. radio
2: wave or radiation from space that's um. gradually being blocked by the the stuff in the way.
1: Yeah, because the, really cool. like the worlds get dim when they're embraced. And so when the mm. when they recede, they're able to radiate. But I don't know what the radiation comes from.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking now that like the 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 things that go away during the alignment also encase each planet in this kind of like self-reflective like fluid, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like this weird kind of fluid that we're talking about that makes it non-navigable is also the thing that like prevents like the thing that they need from getting in effectively right so whether that be light or or maybe just filtered through light or something like that i don't know i'm I'm kind of spitballing here
2: yeah i'm trying to like figure out what it could be that wouldn't be completely blocked to the point where they would just die off when when they're surrounded
0: right Mm. exactly yeah it's like oh you put a big dome over the earth now we can't breathe okay
1: that's fucked. (laughs) Like (laughs) (laughs) narratively too, we wanted to connect to the demons of their purpose. You know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's God's light.
0: Demons are preventing (laughs) God's light from coming (laughs) into (laughs) coming. I'm trying
1: to think. If I think of them as like another kind of life form that we don't understand, you know, like Mm. what are they drawn to from the waters? You know, why why are they drawn to surround these worlds? You know.
2: Mm. Maybe they're drawn to the heat of the worlds. Mm-hmm. like because space Ooh. is so cold. So they're they kind of flock to the world's like um, like bugs would go to light like moths flying to light. That's
0: actually really cool. And so like the migration is actually just this kind of non-Newtonian liquid being like, all right, let the thing breathe so it can reabsorb the heat. And then, OK, mm-hmm. it goes right back into it because it's like, OK, they've starved themselves for too long,
1: you know, okay. So okay, so how about that? So then if if it's going inward to absorb power from these worlds and then receding to kind of digest it, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Could it
1: be instead of warmth, could it be something like life force or their minds or psych Uh, energy? energy,
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Um yeah, because heat doesn't really make sense. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. other sources yeah. of heat in the universe Man. that are better. Yeah. Than-
2: yeah, why not? Yeah, why not, not just
1: surround this Yeah, yeah. So you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's <laughs> yeah. like, what's essential about these life? for the, the people on this world, and also it would allow. It would make more sense that they're possessing them at the edges because as the ship is mm-hmm. passing through, it can right. say, it contains minds. I think um, what I mean,
0: I'm I think what I'm starting to see, by the way, is that. The non-Newtonian liquid that is floating around these things and like creating this passage, they're pure liquid demon, right? So Mm -hmm. the passage that they're allowing is like the response of an organism or the response of a being that we might see as alien or we might see as demon, depending on the era and the age and like the information provided. So the liquid isn't even a fucking liquid at this point. It's like a, a liquid being or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then the possession, I mean, like, that's just like, uh, that's to me, it's just like, oh, it's a symbiote, like just attaching to the person. And, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, oh, okay. So the possession eventually, like, overcomes the person, right? It is kind of what Daniel was saying. Like, it's the thing, the demon craving a life force or a soul so badly that it reaches out and it like drinks greedily and mm-hmm. deeply. Mm-hmm. And so you're effectively burning out this individual person really, really fast. So maybe the possessed thing is incredibly strong and incredibly powerful, uh, but it's only for a very limited amount of time. It's mm-hmm. not like the possession that we're used to where it's like, wow, that demon's been in that child for like three years. We really... <laughs> got to get around to doing something about that. eventually. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing.
2: I like the idea of it happening very rapidly. So like it, mm. it's sort of a horror element to it. Like you're on this warship traveling very close to this stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, that would mean death for you if you were to go into it. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like you become super aware of how all of your crew members are acting because if they start acting off in any way, that could be a signal that like in five minutes, they're going to go ballistic and try yeah. to kill everybody mm-hmm. on,
0: on the flip side. It does allow for some level of like safety because like you can wait it out, you know, like you can like, we just got to make it till dawn or something like that, you know, and then yeah. you'll realize that the possession's over. But in that meantime, holy shit, that thing's going to be insanely dangerous. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I can dig this entirely, hundred percent. Like we've effectively created like the terror or, you know, you mm-hmm. know, like uh what is, you know, like a, a horror story on a ship, but like with all this cool sci-fi slash mystical trappings around it, you know?
2: Yeah. That's yeah. dope.
0: Hell yeah. Agreed. I like it. Um, We should go back and do a recap of all the tenants to make sure that we have, we're not missing anything though. Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: So Courtney in your best Terry gross NPR voice, can you <laughs> recap, can you recap the tenets that we've been provided?
2: Sure. Uh, so the first tenet that we had, which was from Commissar Whiskers, is that the worlds are aligning, allowing an extremely rare mass migration. And I feel like we've definitely uh, yep. dealt with that. Pretty Absolutely. Much. It's yeah.
0: it's not just a migration. It's also a fucking battle as well. So, yeah, that, hmm. I'm down with that. Yeah.
2: And uh, the second one came from Patron Gluax, uh, who said that life's key resource is not a liquid, so... Unlike how living things in our world depend on water, that is not the case here.
0: Yeah, and we've made that pretty clear that like the non-Newtonian liquid, which we're going to get to eventually, are also like pretty much straight up evil to the people mm-hmm. of these worlds. So yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense.
2: Yeah. And then uh, third one from Kaiser: there are demons in the plumbing.
0: We've definitely done that. hundred yep. percent.
2: demons in the plumbing of space.
0: Yes, that's correct. <laughs>
2: And then the fourth one, also from Kaiser, the setting is based on a possessed warship.
0: Yep. Yeah. Again, we we that that helps narrow the narrative quite a bit. And I, yeah. I appreciate that. Actually, Yeah, I yeah. like how
2: that worked out. Um, and then the last one, again, from Gluax, all fluids are non-Newtonian fluids.
0: Yeah, again, uh, we, we did. De- we definitely nailed that one, uh, <laughs> I think. Um,
2: yeah, once we learned what non-Newtonian fluids yeah. are,
0: <laughs> once we took a physics
1: course, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> well, we, it, we took some interpretation because we didn't do all fluids, but I think like that right. would just be yeah. kind of tedious. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I hear ya. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, so we've got more prompts, more tenants, and more patrons to shout out. So let's roll right into our next setting. Uh, literally, roll. So Courtney, what okay. what is the role that we've got here?
2: all right uh again starting with commissar whiskers wow all right yeah (laughs) they're saying that people try to communicate with plants believing it will improve their growth instead the noise just annoys them
0: the people or the plants i'm assuming they mean the plants
2: i think it means the plants that's what i would assume
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay well, that that's actually very fun. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to integrate that, but um, <laughs> yeah, sure. That's, that's, that, that's a tough dope. one to start with. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> We've got to make plants
1: central somehow. But all right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as, as Isaac Asimov said, um, not enough information to process just yet <laughs> <laughs> for a meaningful answer. That's right. Not I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so let's roll for the next ten. Right, we'll what right. happens
2: next. Uh, This one comes from patron Diplomacy Raptor, who says that one of the moons is the skull of a dead god with a singular giant sapphire eye remaining. The rest of his fossilized remains orbit the planet as a ring system around the planet. It's pretty metal.
0: That's pretty metal. Yeah, pretty metal.
2: You got like spinal cord around the planet. It's pretty cool. Sure. So we've got a moon. It's got a big
0: sapphire in it um eventually corporations are going to go up there and mine the fuck out of the moon for that giant gem i'll tell you that right (laughs) now um but okay so this to me reeks of like a fantasy setting as well because you've got druids who are like speaking to plants and the plants are just like god fuck off dave i don't i don't (laughs) don't, don't
2: care
0: (laughs) i love that yeah it's it's also got like it's also got of a terry pratchett vibe right now just because i'm thinking like okay we think that's a giant sapphire that is in fact just a giant monocle that's what i'm going with right <laughs> now
2: <laughs> his top hat toppled off into space somewhere oh no it fell into the sun <laughs> damn
0: <laughs> all right so so yeah the, these are these are all good things what do we got for the third one let's, right. let's find some direction here
2: maybe maybe soon hmm so this one comes from uh, Ian Woodworth of the Undercommon Taste podcast.
0: Hey, what's up, Ian?
2: And uh, actually, it ties in pretty well. Uh, he's saying oh, that go on. plants are capable of conscious thought. The larger and older they are, the more intelligent they are. And they can they can eventually attain sentience or even sapience and can communicate telepathically with other life forms once Son of a bitch. okay? sufficient biomass. so that that works. That works out yeah, well. no, that works remarkably
0: well. So I'm looking at like two parallel worlds effectively, right? Where these humanoids are like, We've got to learn to speak for the trees, you know, like, and the trees are just like, nah, we're good. Thanks. We don't really want to listen to y'all. You know, there
1: also seems to be some relationship between the deadness of the God and at least metaphorically, the deadness of the God and the, and the presence of plants. Cause plant life speaks to me Mm -hmm. of um, growth and renewal. Right. Mm -hmm. And the dead God that's been broken into pieces and has a piece of like sapphire and a tie or whatever seems to be something old and not growing, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, so what I'm hearing from that is that the plants that we're talking about here are effectively like uh the 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 decay from the dead God that have just gained sentience
1: or maybe like something arising from its death, perhaps because they also oh, seem yeah. annoyed by yeah. like um they seem annoyed by people questioning them
0: right yeah. oh oh oh, oh, okay, hold on, so it's from the decomposition yeah. of the dead god and exactly. so the plants these plants in particular are seen and revered and the trees themselves are just like man we just want to like hang out and do shit like we're not a yeah. god but because the language hasn't been perfected yet the people who are trying to speak to the trees don't understand that and so there's still like this awe and reverence with which the trees are are treated and the trees themselves are just annoyed because they're not divine creatures. At least they claim not to be.
2: It could also be that the trees, if their consciousness came from uh, this god event, they could be like annoyed by the fact that they have consciousness now. Like we, we were happy just like doing our own, the growing, oh, absorbing yeah. sunlight. Now we're cursed with intelligence and we have to worry about you assholes like trying to talk to oh, us Oh yeah. the
1: They may also carry a burden of the god in some way that they don't want mm-hmm. to, you know? you mean beyond sentience yeah being that they arose from it there might be some connection to it that annoys them as well like perhaps people are supplicant to the plants thinking they'll get something for for uh, yeah. them gotcha. and the plants are like fuck you we're sentient now we don't need to do anything you know
2: yeah do what we <laughs> want. so like the people expect it to be like transactional and the plants are mm-hmm. so, like we really don't give a fuck about you like just go right on, please gotcha. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I want to I want to uh, posit, however, that these plants are not malicious. They're just like so unbothered with yeah. like humanity. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like a benign version of elder gods where the elder gods actively don't care about you and mm-hmm. like are just willing to run you over. But like with the with these tree things, they're just like, we don't we actively don't care about you, but we're in our own lane. So please leave us be you know like that kind, yeah. Of,
1: right? yeah yeah they kind of are independent
0: right they and they're like they actively don't want worship effectively right yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay cool this I is like fun that. so far we're getting there
2: agreed on like the terry pratchett vibes that you brought up before oh
0: it's yeah very much 100%. Like all right
2: so our fourth one so again from ian woodworth of undercommon taste uh The story is split between the physical worlds and a virtual or alternate reality.
0: Okay. Sure. This works so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, the spiritual realm
1: is pretty easy. Go. That's what I was
0: thinking as well. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. okay. Realm of the dead. Hold on. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. So the plants consciousnesses exist on like this kind of spiritual plane. And what's happening is the the humans are like putting themselves into near death trances to try and talk to the trees in the dead realm. Right. So they're like, they're invade, they're encroaching upon this alternative space through these rituals to try and communicate with the trees and the trees just actively don't care. They're like, we're vibing on our own plane. Please fuck off and leave us be, you know, like that kind of thing.
2: It could also be like, um, people are trying to eat the fruit from the trees in oh, order wow, to, like that. to get closer and like to, get access to this other plane and the trees mm-hmm. are like can you please stop like ripping parts of me off this this is painful like gotcha you need to go i mean ayahuasca sort of thing to put yeah. you together, to uh, be together. You yeah. start, and together
1: it makes you a near death you know
2: and the trees are like these yeah. fucking hippies over here just sitting uh-huh. in the woods puking up their guts trying to trying to yeah. get closer to us okay like,
1: okay <laughs> i i also wonder because there's the whole concept of the stead got out there with broken system bits all over in a ring and mm-hmm. I wonder if like there's uh, that space can be traversed in, through the spiritual realm, you know, that dead space. Like mm-hmm. so by eating the fruit and going to kind of near death psychic land, you end up in this like domain of the dead, which is the remnants of the God's body and the ring where you're exploring both, you know, the, where the plants live in the divine level and also where mm-hmm. this God's like psychic resonance is. So it's like astral projection
0: to the extreme is what you're yeah. suggesting. I, I just kind okay. of
1: bring in the I, I like think the vision of this broken ring of the gods parts. And it would be cool mm-hmm. if you could explore it. But obviously you can't explore it physically because it's in space. But maybe yeah. you could explore it astrally, you know.
0: Ah, OK.
2: Yeah. So like you you do this like ceremony, you eat the the fruit or the tea or whatever you've prepared. And like all of a sudden you can maybe yeah. even like see the actual god as it would look it if it was depicted yeah yeah
1: yeah
2: oh
0: you see the you see the remnant soul of the god in this astral world right and he's mm-hmm. just like floating above the horizon of this world so like how yeah. fucking trippy would it be if you looked out your window looked up at the giant sky and there was like mm-hmm. this ephemeral like prismatic god being just floating above what in the
2: fuck is that yeah (laughs) yeah a little bit (laughs) i mean i can can already
1: see adventures arising because if you have a dead god right and its power has been distributed sort of through these plants that are coming to be i can Mm -hmm. see someone thinking well perhaps i can you know assume the mantle of this god so i'll eat the fruit
2: be transferred
1: uh, to the mm. realm of the broken god approach the skull take the sapphire's power and make myself a god you know that could be a whole story
2: yeah mm.
0: that's cool i'm also thinking now of like combat taking part within this kind of astral realm and like how every everything has like a tracer and everything looks like it's mm. on fire a little bit you yeah. know like the kind of wavy effect mm-hmm. and so when you're in this kind of divine realm or this astral realm you know, you look at each other and you're like, oh, you look like you really are. And it's like a decayed husk of a person or like a paragon yeah. of a person. And, you know, it's like a reflection of their inner being and stuff like that. And, and also, again, I love that the trees are just like, God, fuck off, Dave. I don't <laughs> <Really>? care. <laughs> like, yes, I see that you're a beautiful paragon. Yes, I get it. I do, I do not care. Please go. Please leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> chill
2: with the birds. Uh, yeah. Absorb sunlight.
0: That's hey, it. Hey, Dave, you know who's not fucking annoying? these chill-ass birds over here, right? <laughs> Why do you think I let them nestle within me and, like, create nests? They're cool. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Let's roll the last tenet and see what we got going, because this has been a fucking hoot and a half over here. It's been fun. Yeah.
2: Uh, so our last one, again, comes from Diplomacy Raptor. This, I think, basically serves as a twist, uh, because okay saying uh there are dwarves who use obsidian surfboards to surf on lava and their culture takes major cues from polynesian culture
0: i mean okay yeah i mean that terry terry Pratchett vibes still
2: maintain 100
0: yeah. you know yeah big
2: time um i wonder if like are the dwarves in the astral plane as well
1: Maybe they're only in the astral plane.
0: They're surfing the astral sea. Yes, yes obviously. Yeah. Of lava, yes. They, yeah, they, exactly.
1: I feel like they're maintainers of the dead realm of the god in some way. Mm-hmm. They live out there. Can
0: instead of instead of lava, can it just be sap from the tree? So, like in the mm-hmm. astral world. The sap that these trees project is so it's like voluminous. Lava. It's like yeah. Lava. yeah, that's yeah. Better, or maybe yeah. it's
2: even dangerous to people who aren't from the astral plane, like it acts like lava to them. Um it's like mm-hmm. concentrated psychic yes. energy or something. Oh yes. yeah. yeah, that's
0: really good. Go. oh yeah, because like in order for you to like travel to the astral plane you have to like absorb the tree the tree juice Mm -hmm. right the sap Mm -hmm. and then once you're there you look at that and it's like radiation it's poison. yeah Yeah. exactly
1: yeah okay okay and
0: lava it's mine okay instead
1: of surfboards can we have kind of a middle ground so i'm thinking like like, what is the middle
0: ground between (laughs) (laughs) is it a skateboard you put wheels on the surfboard like what I'm
1: thinking middle ground at the, uh, sort of planescape spelljammer ships. So they're like these. Okay. You have to pilot them in a very dangerous way, and so and they're okay. made of the rock of the dead god's body. And so the dwarves have fashioned the bone, the bone, the, or the of bone, bone of the or whatever. Bone. Yeah. yeah. So like they they've built these ships that are like surfboards to travel on the waves of the psychic uh, energy.
0: Okay. Okay. How about this? They are surfboards with, like, a sail in them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, it's a, mm-hmm. multiple
1: people can be on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. like, a crazy... But not too many. Not too, not too many, many. Like, like maximum yeah. four. Maximum, Less than four. maximum yeah, okay. four. I could say four. Four is fair. He said they're small because it's too dangerous to build a big, you know, vessel. Yeah. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yes. We we have
2: successfully <laughs> navigated this tenet. I wonder if um if... The dwarves are also doing something with the Sapphire Eye, since if we go with dwarves yeah. liking to mine things and liking jewels and stuff, then maybe they're like seeking it out and so, or protecting it from the people who would be trying to attain godhood.
0: Courtney, you know what those dwarves are doing? Those what dwarves concept? are fucking dying. That's what they're fucking doing. <laughs>
1: could, could they have
2: been the the people
1: who preceded the people in the living world? Like they were the god's original servants and subjects and uh, now there is they're yeah. few in number and their faith is dying until the god's faith is dying. Um.
0: It's been 200 episodes and I still hate dwarves. I fucking mm-hmm. hate them you guys. Mm-hmm. God, I
1: hate them. Like I can see them as diminished beings, right? They're called dwarves yeah. because they're diminished and they're diminished the same way the god is diminished.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. oh, 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 these are purely astral beings, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, can we say that they were once giants and they've literally been diminished yeah, as I their mean. dead mm-hmm. god has been decaying? It. Yeah. yeah. yeah perfect. Okay. Cool. There we go. We we did it. <laughs> so they're they're also like ferrymen, right? Like they're because they're right. they're the ones who are supplying these ships so they can get yeah. people to the. Oh, okay. So so let's take this a step further then. Yeah is it like, okay, we need to ferry like souls to the, the God itself. So it gets like, you're kind of like tossing kindling onto a dying fire, but it's like Uh very sparse at this point, you know, it's like, we need to get them there. Like we need to establish something that will maintain this kind of burning ember, you know?
1: Well, I, I think that feeds back to the concept, especially in Planescape of a God's power deriving from the faith of its believers, and so if you have a bunch of people whose minds are essentially transported to the astral realm and mm-hmm. they're trying to capture these minds and bring them back to the sapphire eye to to throw them in or whatever, you're essentially throwing in the person's faith or belief because it's their mind, right?
0: Right. And rather than trying to like stoke that faith and, you know, have it feed the God long term, they're like, nah, fuck it, we're tossing you into the sun and hoping that Uh it'll, like, turn up for just a little bit longer, you know?
1: Right.
2: I like that, yeah. And it also, I don't know, I like the, just the vibe of, like, people venturing onto the astral plane expecting, like, a great, like, religious experience and when they get there, the trees are like, Jesus Christ, please go away. (laughs) And the dwarves are like, hey, come with me. Let me just fucking toss you into the... I (laughs) like the idea that
0: they're literally like, come, dear pilgrim. (laughs) here." Join join us on our journey, and then they just literally like toss they're like (laughs) shot them into the side. Yeah. (laughs) -hmm. Oh, oh boy, yeah. This is this is a wacky wacky nonsense place. Okay, Mm -hmm. I love all of this. This is goofy as hell. Mm -hmm. How can we, how can we make sure that there's like stakes and like tension? What's going on here that we can make it interesting? Like, because the narrative is this thing exists, right? That's the narrative that we've established. So what's the narrative that we can then, like, you know, amp it up just a little bit
1: more? Well, I had suggested um, someone trying to bring that God back, but to go oh, yeah. his power, you know? OK, yeah, no, I'm saying that. Would that. Be, Absolutely. It would be opposed to both the dwarves' aims and the trees, you know? Hmm. Mm.
2: What if it is a tree?
1: Oh, that'd be interesting. Go on.
2: <laughs> no, just that... Uh... Since Ian's had noted that uh, they over time, again, sentience, sapience and can communicate telepathically mm. um, once they're old enough and have grown enough. Like, what if they are so annoyed per Commissar Whiskers tenant about everybody trying to contact them that it's like, fuck it, I want to become the one in charge so that I can just like make everybody else shut up and stop mm. bothering us.
1: I could see a, a kid or something communing with a plant. and The plant tricks them into carrying it into the astral realm. Mm. And so mm. the plant is it's, it's sentient and it's sapient. Right. But it hasn't quite it doesn't quite have mobility, but it uses the child as its subject to get close to the god okay. to do that.
2: Uh, OK.
0: Love that. Yeah. Also have another idea as well. Um, the roots of this astral tree Are like trying to snake up and like use the remnants of the dead God Mm -hmm. as like a new source because they think it's like, look, if we absorb this fucking thing, then they'll leave us alone finally or we will be as powerful as possible. So I think that we can kind of reconcile those two concepts, you know, like. Where there's like a child, oh, the child thinks that by bringing the god back to Earth, they'll actually bring the god back to Earth. But in reality, you're just bringing the god closer so the tree can get at it. You know, you know what I
2: mean? Maybe it's like the, the tree wants to be planted on the sapphire itself. Yes. So that it can like go
1: on. Yeah. A,
2: its roots can dig into the skull of the, the dead god. Yeah, um,
1: there we go. Yeah. It's astral roots, you know, because yeah, I can see exactly. it tearing. Yeah. Imagine a little, a little potted plant, right? Like yeah. That, yeah. that has sentient, but it's powerless, right? But and it hates humanity.
2: Oh, maybe it's a. It's a scene. maybe it's a it's a bonsai that's been yeah. pruned. It's, like, oh. it's centuries old, but it's been pruned, uh-huh. so it's still tiny oh, and It resents yes. humanity for that. And it yes. obviously has like a Napoleon complex and it's like, yeah, fuck everybody. I, I want to be a god now.
0: <laughs> it's like the most withered old man, and he's like, uh-huh. I'm so. <laughs> Fucking tired of this bullshit.
1: You get me up there, turn me into a god. What I, I think, what you guys are saying is important. It works because it seems like, at least, it seems to me that the plants themselves can't travel in the astral right. space, so they need this a human to traverse the distance, avoid the the or you know trick the dwarves to get close enough to the sapphire so that it could tap into the eye, and then perhaps when the hue when the child touches the sapphire has it. And they're made to have this power. That's when the tree in the material realm can take over, get its roots in the person, you know, metaphorically. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is all really fun stuff. I, 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 I suppose now is the time where we go back and make sure that we've recapped everything and everything's well and truly sorted. Is that correct? Yep. Let's do that. All right. So our first tenet was...
2: Uh, That was from Commissar Whiskers. That was that people try to communicate with plants, believing it will improve their growth, but instead the plants just get annoyed.
0: Yep. I I think that is very much true. Yes. Definitely.
2: Um, The second one was from uh, Diplomacy Raptor. And that is that one of the moons is the skull of a dead god with a single giant sapphire eye remaining. And then the rest of his fossilized remains orbit the planet as a ring system. Around the planet. Okay.
0: I'm still convinced that the sapphire is like a contact lens or, you know, like something or a <laughs> monocle, whatever you want.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Then the third one was from Ian Woodworth of Under Common Tastes, who says that plants are capable of conscious thought. The larger and older they are, the more intelligent they are, and they can attain sentience, even sapience, uh, and can com- communicate telepathically with other forms of life.
0: I feel like we've definitely covered that. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing that I think might be an interesting distinction to make, though, is that the trees only have sentience on that astral realm. Does that make sense to y'all?
2: Or maybe like they can only communicate on the astral right. realm. Or yeah, that's,
0: that's what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that would that would kind of tie into what Daniel was saying about the need for agency and the need for. Yeah. You know, like, oh, we can't move on our own. And that's because in the physical realm, we're not really capable of, you know, expressing our agency and expressing our needs and desires. Right. Mm -hmm. That's only in the astral realm where the tree can talk to people and be like, oh, thank God. Okay, you're here. Great hero, I guess. Sure. (laughs) You know, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So basically, you know, telepathic communication is through that space.
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then that also ties into the fourth tenet that we had that was also from Ian, uh, that the story split between the physical world and a virtual or alternate reality. And we have the astral plane for that.
0: Mm, That was pretty solid. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. 100%. -hmm, Yeah.
2: And then uh, the last one, which was from Diplomacy Raptor again, uh, there are dwarves who use obsidian surfboards. To surf on lava and their culture is uh, related to Polynesian culture, which I guess we didn't get into the Polynesian uh, culture very much. But
0: Yeah, I don't think we really need to <laughs> reduce saying. Polynesian culture to surfing. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not be reductive in that way. So yeah. I think all the other stuff makes sense. Look, we kept them dwarves. We kept the goddamn surfboards. <laughs> like, we made it astral lava. So, like, let's not be reductive. Let's not try and do that. So Mm -hmm. I think that overall, yes, this makes sense. Like, somehow we made dwarves on surfboards and lava (laughs) work. Somehow. somehow, somehow, so yeah, I think it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. the the fact that they're uh diminutive uh giants also is a little funny. The fact that they're still mm-hmm. beholden to this dead god is still kind of interesting. Yeah. Like that
2: they that they yeah. lie to people that just take them over and throw them yeah. into
0: the, the yeah, 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 get on the slingshot, yeah, yeah. They're yeah like yeah. like <laughs> secretly, like
1: they're like outwardly very friendly and fun, but inwardly mm-hmm. like grumpy bastards, you know, yes, yeah. classic <laughs> dwarf.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that totally works for me. I'm down with this. Well, oh man, I, I think that we've we've satisfied all elements of all of this, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, and again, this has been an absolute blast to be able to work through the tenets provided by you to see how they all kind of come together. Again, these tenets were provided by our patrons randomly, so none of them knew uh what the other tenants were going yeah. to be and we rolled randomly which added more to the chaos factor and who oh boy <laughs> yeah things sure have worked themselves out in a very interesting way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah so a big thank you to all of our patrons and to you guys to all of our listeners as well it's not just about the patrons it's about the listeners you guys for keeping us going for providing great feedback for providing great prompts for helping us do this uh, all along and for just being here for the ride, you know, uh, 200 episodes. I I was certain that I wasn't going to get past six and who knew that 194 (laughs) episodes after that, we would not only have 200 episodes, but a bunch of great patrons, listeners, and, Mm -hmm. you know, my amazing co-hosts as well. Uh Um, So a big thank you from me. Uh, for listening and for sticking with us all this time.
2: Yeah, and thank you for everybody who's ever you know submitted a prompt. It's always really fun to to see what ideas you all come up with, and then to see uh, how we take it in probably the opposite direction of what you had. So, uh, but not, keep, always, yeah, right? yeah. Not, not, yeah, not always. Right? not always. So yeah, please keep uh, you know submitting uh, worlds that you'd like to see built and. Yeah, looking forward to another uh, 200 episodes, maybe.
0: Yeah, I, I, oh man, D- shut shut <laughs> up, Courtney. <laughs> shut
2: 200
0: more episodes. That's like what another four years. Yeah, oh, Lord.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I had to say something, I would say you're welcome, or Aethon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. As, as long as you want, I can make more of that. Oh you
0: know? uh, man the the most the most Daniel thing. You're welcome, fuckers. And then like out of no, here, yeah. just like <laughs> drops the mic. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we're gonna call it there. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember. If you want us to get back to our usual schedule and, you know, start building your worlds, go to our website. You know how it is. You know, fuck the regular exit. You know how this works. It's been 200 episodes. Guys, we love you tremendously. We love you very much. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we're going to get through this together until next week.